Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny the date night tee which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with and the hats are 100 percent american made not just embroidered here like so many others Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy the next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear remember to check out urbnsvg.com Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away are you ready remember that song from corn that was a jam i don't oh man that's a great gym jam so you got news to break tell me enlighten me sir got news to break well I was going to do it kind of with the current events thing. Oh, kind of yeah. So Martin's it, so. like, Martin's like, I'd like to talk about immigration. And I was like, our borders are secure, sir. We don't have an immigration problem. Oh, were you listening to your girlfriend again? <laughs> your articulate girlfriend? Oh, my God. I love like, I, I've never, never been in a, a place where I've seen politicians that just keep repeating the same blatant lie, expecting you to just start to believe it. Like, yeah. like she's in this interview. I don't even know <laughs> oh. who the, I don't even know who the interviewer was. And she's in the interview and she's like, our borders are secure. And this guy's like, for the first time ever, over a million people are going to come across the border illegally this year. And she just looks back and goes, our borders are secure. Yeah. I believe that was Jake Tapper. Okay. Which is surprising. Well, I mean, he's been, has his good moments. 
Which agency is this? Uh, CNN. See, CNN got bought out, and now they're trying to be more center-of-the-road, neutral, neutral, actual media because they see that, I mean, let's face it, media is business, right? And so there is a need for that right now. You've got, I mean, I guess what CNN used to be, but you also have MSNBC, which is like, you know, the political talking points from the left. And then you've got Fox, which is majority political talking points from the right. So CNN is like, well, what are we going to try to do? Compete for the right or the left? Yeah. Maybe it would make sense as a business to try to become relevant again. Right. But I think Fox has an advantage where, I mean, take, for example, Tucker Carlson. I mean, he's got, what, two, two and a half million viewers compared to the next top douchebag at CNN who gets 200,000. Yeah. So, but Fox presents primarily from the right but at least they'll present it, put everything on the table and say, okay, this is what the situation is. They're not, they don't keep trying to spin you a narrative over and over and over again. Yeah. So. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, right? Because a lot of times the answer is never on the right or the left, or it's never in the black and the white. It's in the somewhere in the middle. It's in the weird gray area, you know? But I mean, you have, uh, I think that guy that comes on after Tucker, who's, He's kind of a douchebag. I forgot his name. Um, I mean, he's shitty with the guests. I mean, if you're, he's one of those where, yeah, I mean, I'm completely hard right. And if you disagree, I'm just going to talk over you through the whole show. So he's, he's the Fox version of a CNN guy. See, I'm trying to remember his name. See, we have that, you know, we have that. What is the, what is that quote? The line of good and evil runs between the middle of us all. Yeah. Right. Because I have that, I have that same douchebag inside of me. You know, when I'm talking to somebody and they're just like completely ignorant to what I'm trying to talk about and I'll find myself like, or they just, just disagree or slowly what? getting louder, you know? And I'm like, wait, this isn't actually like, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to, you know, convince this person of my point by bashing them over the head with it. Like how about yeah. some nuance? How about some, you know, conversation and maybe I can learn something from them, but yeah, that, that that's a conscious thought. That's not instinctual. Yeah. So the guy I'm talking about is Sean Hannity. Oh yeah. Hannity, yeah. Hannity's a personality, right? Like Hannity's like, like Rush Limbaugh was, you know, he's, yeah. he's an entertainer. But I remember when he started, he was so much more like Tucker Carlson. And then all of a sudden, just as, as time went on now, it's just, man, somewhat, it's annoying if I ever see him and he's got a guest on that slightly disagrees. He just hammers on, doesn't give him any moment to explain anything. So See, my guess is, is that's because that's what his ratings, that's what his viewers jerk off to, you know? So they, they like to see him, they like to see him get him. You know, he got him. My guy got him. Right. We talked, we were talking about this at the gym yesterday, the tribalism. Why don't you explain your, your tribalism that you encountered this week? Oh my gosh. All right. Well, the tribalism I encountered this week, and I think a lot of people understand is, is, uh, is high school sports, right? So my son is in fifth grade. He's not in high school sports yet, but our city just uh, basically split. So they created like a lot of uh, communities do. Population gets high. They create what? High school, East, high school, West, right? And these are all people that came from what originally was Sun Prairie East. And now- What originally was just Sun Prairie. Yeah, just Sun Prairie. Yep. Yep. So Sun Prairie East is the original. And all these people played together. They lined up together. They hung out together. They went to the same bars downtown together. And all of a sudden, there was just 
you know, I get roped into the coaching thing and I'm like, why are they pushing so hard, you know, to get me to coach? I mean, I have a, a lot more football experience than, than all of them combined, but I was like, why, why is the push? Well, it was more like getting somebody on their side because the coach on the East went to college right after I did and played football right after I did. And the coach on the West has very little um, experience, but for some reason, because it's East and West now, they all hate each other. And it's not because of anything that happened. It's just because, like you said, when we use tribalism as the word, now all of a sudden we're, we're, we're the wolves, we're blue. And then the other side is we're the Cardinals, we're red. And now they just hate each other. Yeah, it's my gang colors against your gang colors now, bro. Yeah. And it's like listening to, uh, you know, these uh, old ladies that, you know, they get together and they play cards or something. I mean, I'm, I don't know if the stereotypes anything, but they get together and they're, I notice this with ladies that they talk, you know, talk hate. There's a, every lady has a nemesis. I heard a comedian say this once. Yeah, I could every, see that. Every lady that works in an office, there's always that one lady that wants to destroy their life that they just hate. And when they get home from work, they just can't stop talking about this person. Well, take it to the coach's level. That's what it was. I'm listening to this conversation and these coaches were hating on this other coach. And in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, you guys were hanging out. You guys were like buddies. I mean, there's a, a band of brotherhood with football. And now all of a sudden, because you guys were different colors, now there's hate. It's like this Romeo Juliet thing going on. It's, it's this, it's this deep ingrained, you know, tribalism that we have inside of us that it, it comes out in your team colors. It comes out in your town. It comes out in your nat. It comes out in nationalism. It comes out in your race. It comes out in so many different things. And it's, it's not necessarily useful, but for a hundred thousand years during our evolution, it was useful because we were likely competing for the same natural resources. So if my tribe could outdo your tribe, then I would get the resources. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, Homo erectus um, is no longer and why Homo Neanderthals are no longer because Homo sapiens had this tribal bond that even though we weren't as big as other Homo species and we weren't as intelligent as like Neanderthals who were much more intelligent individually, but they didn't have the group cohesion and the tribalism that we have as Homo sapiens. They all died off. Like we took all their resources. Yeah. I mean, if you're taking it to that level, but I mean, this, those is, same, this is high school those football. Same, those same, those, those are the same genetic drives that manifest themselves in the right and the left, the red and the blue, the, you know, my town against your town. It's the same genetic backbone, right? Like our, our, the majority of our brain has not changed in 10,000 years. Yeah. All those things are still there. It just manifests itself in current times. So that same my tribe against your tribe manifests itself totally different now than it did 10,000 years ago because there was no, you know, my my tribe against your tribe, or I mean my team against your team back then, right? It was just yeah. literally me and my 120 people that I live with every day and against your 120 people that you live with every day. And we're fighting for the same water source. We're fighting for for the same game to kill. We're fighting for all these same things. And now that that same structure is in our DNA. The same structure is in our brain. Yeah. It's in the basis of our brain, but now it's like, it just gets extreme. This is high school football. There's like maybe a 0.01% that any of these kids will make it to the pros. But the issue that I see now that I got roped in the coaching is that they're not 
focused on developing these kids. A lot of the focus turns on, it's like, oh, we're going to skip the fundamental development of these kids and we just need to beat East. We just need to beat the other tribe. And that's their, I think it's, it's shitty for the kids and my son. So, so my ex took my son to the Friday night game, which is East versus West. And my son's telling me about this. So my 10 year old, and he's like, well, if you're West, you had to sit on this side and battled. If you're East, you have to sit on that side. So when you check in and pay, they gave you either, they wrote a blue X on your hand or a red X on your hand. And if you have a blue X, you can't go to the red X side. And he's like, but I had friends that are on the East side and we live in a neighborhood here where, you know, I'm right in the center. So they give you a choice of where you want to, you know, if you want to be East or West. So there's a mixture of kids in the park, but they just all play together. It's just kind of cool. So he's like, well, okay, I, I, I got my mom to get a red marker and put a red X on the other hand. And then he got to go over, but he had to take his jersey off in order to go there. And I'm like, this is this Romeo and Juliet bullshit stuff. Well, and, and it's, it's such a bad way to teach these little kids, right? I mean, these 16, 17 year old kids, you're, you're past teaching them, but the 10 year old kids we're not past teaching them. You know, this is like, this could be a situation where we're, we're legitimately, you know, educating them and teaching them, but that would take parents to give a shit. Yeah. That would take people working at the stadium that, that know what they're doing, that give a fuck. Right. Yeah. Because there was a lot, there was a ton of fights. Like, oh, there was. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My, my those. I didn't hear those because my daughter is is freshly out of high school and she got to, you know, read everybody's social media updates. And there was there was fights between East and West. And there was some girl tried to fight a cop who was trying to separate, you know, people from East and West. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking oh, mess. Shit. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I just man. Just hear all the, the BS stuff. I mean, the parents totally feed into it. I mean, you know, they go out and they buy. I had one parent tell me, oh, yeah, I bought like uh, tons of sweatshirts and T-shirts and all that to make sure I represent, you know, the tribe. You got to have my gang colors, bro. I know. That's, what, that, I, that's what it turns into. So that's what I like telling people. And they look at you really funny. Like, they did, like they're like they disgusted that you said that. Like, oh, I see you're wearing your gang colors today. They're yeah. Like, what? Hey, you got your gang colors on. That's your gang. Yeah. You know, like you're a cripper of blood. Wow. And, which is hilarious because those are the two colors that we have in this town is crypt colors and blood colors, right? Yeah, it is. So it's, it's, it, it makes it even more, <laughs> the handkerchiefs out. <laughs> it even makes it even more hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So people that rip on gangs, I mean, sorry, but this is, you know, <laughs> white middle, uh, middle class if, gangs. If, if anything, gangs make more sense because that for a lot of those kids, that's their survival. That's the only way they're going to survive in those areas. Yeah. That makes more sense than this bullshit. Oh Yeah. And, and the thing that probably made me more sick is just, it's, it's what I thought. I mean, that's what I try to stay away from. And that's why I hate the, the coaching style is you got booster clubs, you got the good old boys clubs and it's just, you know what? It's just a game. I played this game, you know, way far into my thirties and it's like, it's just a game and whether my kids want to do it or not, that's fine, but it doesn't, it's not their identity. But for these guys, it's like, man, they get out of high school and they're still trying to relive that dream like 15, 20 years later. Can you imagine if you peaked at 17 years old? Can you imagine how fucking awful the rest of your life was? Is if your best, your absolute best time in your life was your fucking senior year in high school? Oh yeah, Al Bundy. Oh my God, I'd fucking hang myself. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to remember high school. I don't remember high school. 
People are like, you remember this kid? And they'll show me a picture. I'm like, I absolutely not. They're like, he's in your class. Nope. I got nothing. Like, yeah. I got too much shit that I'm packing in my brain all the time. Like that chick just gets dumped. Yeah. It's like high school and college. It's done. There's, there's nothing I'm hanging on to that. Those were just, de- you know, I was developing myself. If I was to go back, it would come to be stupid because I'd be like the adult version in my head in high school. I'm like, oh shit, I could, I can invest right now in Microsoft. Yeah. It would be so, <laughs> it would be so different, right? Back to like, the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would be, it would be so different, but you know, even, you know, if people ask like, I saw a picture the other day. It's like, if you could go back five years and fix all your mistakes, would you? And it's like, no, because those mistakes made me who I am. Yeah. But I'm not going to go back and live and place myself on that, on accomplishments made 30, 40 years ago. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's the live by the sword, died by the sword, right? Like if I'm, if I'm judging myself by my accomplishments, that means I'm also judging myself by my failures versus if I judge myself by my efforts that I put forth, then yeah. it doesn't matter if I, if I accomplish or I fail because yeah. I know that I'm putting my effort. It's, it's exactly what we're, you know, what we're going to kind of rehash today with the ego. It's concerning more about the doing and less about the being. Yeah. You know, like you said, with the kids, with the, with the, with the coaches not developing the kids, like that, that's one of the most important things of, of a fucking sport at that age is like developing that kid's ability to consistently put in effort to become better at something. Because that right there, that mechanism of learning that will pay him forward for the next 75 years of his life versus only worrying about winning, only worrying about being the better football team, only worrying about being the better player, right? Like that is useless for a long-term goal versus if we focus on the actual functionality, the structure of building, the structure of growth and the structure of continuous effort that is exponential. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I was telling somebody yesterday. It's like, I, you can take the 0.01% of the kids that have a chance to hit a D one school and, and pros. If you would just get their fifth, sixth and seventh grade development into all the fundamentals and get their muscle memory, it's like shooting. It's like, you know, military, it's everything else in life. If you do enough reps and get that muscle memory, guess what? And then you can start implementing these uh these plans but you know when you sit in practice and you're just practicing these plays because oh, okay this play is going to get us to big gain and the players are like their feet are all over the place so i mean i'm trying to spend my time working individually with these kids to be like hey if you keep your hands inside this is what works and i'm like uh, telling them hey the pros everything is based on footwork whether you're in jujitsu whether you're in football whether you're in hockey whether you're in baseball everything's about footwork and getting your hips down about, you know, using your body to how it was made to be used. And they're not teaching that. It's all about, hey, play so that we can win. I mean, we talked about it and I don't even know which podcast it was, but it was the, it was the guy that was going to interview Kobe Bryant, right? And he, he told Kobe he was going to come interview him after his morning practice because Kobe had his own morning practice every morning at like five, right? So the guy yeah. shows up at five and Kobe's already worked to fucking slather up, you know? Yeah. And he does a full hour of basics, just basic drills, footwork, handwork, shooting, dribbling, passing, just all the, well, probably not passing, um, all these basics. And then at the end, you know, then then at the end, the guy sits down to interview him and he's like, you know, you're one of the best players in the game and you just spent an hour doing basics. And he looks at him and he goes, that's why I'm one of the best players in the game. Yeah. You know, and this is a 35 year old guy, 30 year old guy that's at the peak and is still doing this shit. 
Yeah. If you don't think he's not too good for it, then what about the 10 year old kid? Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, a, there was a comment that heated me up yesterday and oh my, I kind of lashed back. It was just like, they're like, well, that's what summer camps and stuff are for is to teach them fundamentals. I'm like, hell no. If, if I took that to the battlefield, I'm like, oh, all right. I, I took a class on, uh, on shooting. And okay, now I'm now I'm in the field, and I'm in a firefight. And you think that that one class is going to help me with my fundamentals? That's you know when I brought up it's like, hey, Steph Curry, before a game, what's he doing? He's dribbling a ball. He's senselessly quote senselessly. What people look at is he's just dribbling a ball, and then he's dribbling two balls. But that's all he's doing. Or guys that um like uh, Ozzie Smith, back in the day, he was like this uh, wizard shortstop. What did he do all day long? He said he took a tennis ball and threw it against a wall and caught it barehand all day long. Just threw it and threw it and threw it. And he said at least 500 balls a day. And this is every high-performing elite athlete. Sounds like a girl I went to college with. 500 balls every day. <laughs> Sorry, well, she, must to, have, she must have been really te- good at you it You teed then, right? it up. You teed it up, so I had to capitalize. Hey, muscle memory. Muscle memory, she must have did right. pretty damn good. But it's if you want to be elite, you got to do the basics all the time. You got to do conditioning all the time. We know that. You can't just condition for two months out of the year and expect you're going to be in damn good shape for it's in everything. Rest. It's in everything, though. It's not, it's not just in sports. It's in your job. It's in your relationship. It's in your parenting. It's in your nutrition. You know, like it's this, this fucking weird need that we have. I don't know if it's just innately American or if it's the entire world, the entire populace. It doesn't seem like it is, but we need this, like this pill, this, this fix it, fix it pill. You know, I'm an, I want to be the best at my job. Well, guess what? Do you know what being the best of your job means? That means doing that one little task, that menial task that you're doing right now, the best. And then that next menial task you're going to do, you're going to do that one the best. And you're going to repeat that over and over and over the entire fucking day. Yeah. And you got to do those basic movements every single day. But I think a lot of people get to the point where it's like, well, maybe if I, in health, maybe it's if I buy the Suzanne Summers uh, thigh blaster. I cannot remember the name of that stupid thing. Remember you put it between your legs and you squeeze it? I do. I do. What the hell was the name of that so thing? So apparently. Thigh master. Yeah. So if you buy the thigh master, then your legs are going to look like Suzanne Summers. And it's like. No, if you just do simple things that you could do with just body weight and do lunges, guess what? You're doing a lot more than buying this stupid, you know, $50, whatever. It looks like a clothespin that you shove between your thighs and squeezing that all day. It's just people want the easy thing or they think the fancy way of doing it. Get away from the basics. The fancy. That is such a, that, that is such a specific thing that, that we lean towards is like, the fancy, like, man, I wish that I would have known that when I was growing up because I, I was that guy. I had like, if I was going to learn to skateboard, I'd have the best skateboard. If I was going to learn to play guitar, I had to have the best guitar <laughs> because I didn't want my equipment to hold me back from learning. Cause you're the gear. Guess guy. what? I, I, it wasn't even necessarily gear. It was just like, it was, I always had this, like it, it, what it probably was, it probably was a subconscious thought that if I have the best of this thing, then I can't use as an excuse for not being good at it. Right. Like I can't say, well, I'm not a good skateboarder because I just don't have a good skateboard. Like I, I, then it makes me look at myself and go, Oh, you know, you're not a good skateboarder because you don't skateboard enough. Right. But like looking back at that, if I would have kept that same mindset of not blaming it on the equipment, but then learned on the hardest shit, then all of a sudden 
the better your equipment gets, the better you get. Oh yeah. Because you're, you've already learned how to do it the absolute hardest fucking way. Oh yeah. Right. Like, can you imagine just a, a compound bow guy picking up a recurve bow, right? So different versus yeah. a recurve, a recurve guy probably picks up a compound bow and he's like, Oh, this is like fish in a barrel. Oh yeah. You know, super simple example right there, but it is. Yeah. But if you learn all your basics, having an assist, guess what? It screws you up. So, so anyway, that's the spinoff of this, uh, this whole, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's a bunch of adults acting like kids. Tribalism. So, but. Did we even talk about immigration? I bitched yet. about, okay, go. Not shoot. Yet. Sorry. So, I, I started bitching about your girlfriend. Oh, speaking of, oh, speaking of creepy Kamala? Joe. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of creepy Joe. I saw this video this week. Apparently, Trump and Biden were both in some small town in Pennsylvania. Maybe not a small town. Some town in Pennsylvania. Was this it last Scranton? Week, this last week. Big Joe's Scranton, Pennsylvania? Was it Scranton? I don't know if it was Scranton. Uh, he talks about Scranton all the time. Probably because he watched The Office too many times. That's kind um, No, they're in, so they're in this town in Pennsylvania. and it's just It's literally just a panning shot of the crowd. And... And Trump's in this like coliseum and the whole floor is filled and all the nosebleeds are filled and these people are all ecstatic and they're clapping. And it's this, it's this panning of this entire coliseum full of people. And then it's Biden and it zoomed in on him just talking. And then he's like talking to the crowd and then it zooms out and he's at like a fucking, like a, like a D list high school gymnasium with like chairs, like 50 chairs set up and then some bleachers. And like, oh, that's geez. his crowd. And that's <laughs> and like, that's like, how it was in his campaign too. I know it, it's, it's like, I can't believe that there's that few people that want to go see the guy. Like I get it. He's a nut job. He's not extremely popular, but he's still the president of the United States. Like they're ha- they have to be like doing this on purpose. Yeah, they're like, like keeping it small on purpose, maybe because they're like they can't keep the yellers out, right? Because like, I suppose, yeah, I don't know. Is that what it is? They're like, this is their implanted audience, and that's all they're allowing. I don't know how many people were in his uh, uh, whatever you call it, the the red hat address, the high ho. Oh high-ho God, Hitler I don't even address. know. All I saw was the just just the the optics. Of that, the camera angle and how they had him on oh, this it was, high. It was awful. I don't it know. Was, it, it, <laughs> Whoever put it together needs to be fired, along with their speech writers. Right. But um, but going to immigration. Yes. Here. Yes. So the only thing I'll touch on with immigration is what set this off, and this kind of alludes to this news that I haven't told you, but um, so Ron DeSantis decides to put fifty illegal immigrants on two planes. And then send them to Martha's Vineyard, right? Yep. And what pissed me off is some of the comments that were made is like, well, this this is uh, you know, human trafficking and this and and everything that they were sitting there screaming at everyone else about, you know, all their virtues, now basically it's thrown back at them. And it's not just Martha's Vineyard, it's in it's been in Illinois, it's been in New York, it's been in all these what's called sanctuary cities, self declared sanctuary cities, right? So to me, this is, this is small. This is 50 people for crying out loud. This is Martha's, you know, how much do you know about Martha's Vineyard? I know that it's a bunch of rich people. That's about all I got. It's a bunch of rich people. It's a tourist area that has a lot of money flowing through it. Right. And there's a ton of hotels there. There's a ton of Airbnbs because it's a vacation spot. It's where Hillary spent all her campaigning, you know, when she should have been on the road with people. 
she spent it all in Martha's Vineyard. That's where the Obamas have their walled off massive estate, multi-million dollar estate is in Martha's Vineyard. So a lot of your wealthy Democrats have massive properties there and it's in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a self-declared sanctuary city. So state. or state, sorry. Yep. I got you. So Martha's Vineyard is just a, uh, just a small tourist area. So you send 50 people there and everybody completely loses their shit. And all of a sudden you get the, the politicians in this case, it's, I'm going to criticize the people that are talking and the Democrats are the one talking saying, well, what are we supposed to do? We don't have the resources in Martha's Vineyard to handle these 50 illegal immigrants that come through. Well, what's stupid is they get across the border and they get the taxpayer supplied cell phone, smartphone, by the way, and they're all in Martha's Vineyard walking around, enjoying their time and taking selfies of themselves. And they're being called, you know, oh, well, these people, that says this is human trafficking. This is a humanitarian crisis. And they interview these people like, wow, we like it here because it's, it's an awesome place. It's beautiful. Yeah. You and I would go there and be like, wow, this is an awesome place to vacation. So you're telling me that in a hotel, you got what, 150 to 200 plus rooms in yeah. an average hotel, yeah, easy. average. And they got multiple hotels there. So you're telling me that they don't have the resources to handle 50 people with all the money flowing in that community. And then they bring in, oh, this is a humanitarian crisis. So we need to get it. Um, up to 125 uh, Air National Guard into. I did. Somebody just told me yesterday they brought the National Guard in. That's real. Yeah. So uh, yeah, really it, did it's that. real. Jesus. The news is circling saying they brought 125, but no, they the administration themselves said we're going to bring in up to 125. I'm like, let's do the math. It's like one per person. Two and a half per well, per, yeah, or two per minimum person. one per person. Yeah. Like they could hold hands and and make sure that everybody is taken care yeah, of. Yeah, because they're dangerous. Too many selfies, right? So, you know, my bitch about that is, okay, so you're saying you don't have any resources and I'm looking at, you could close off a couple floors on a hotel and get these people all settled in. And with all the, the virtuous, you know, posts about, oh, you know, there's no such thing as illegal immigrants, right? They're just undocumented, whatever. And we're, we're willing to help. And this goes back to prove my point to a T in our last podcast is, guess what? These liberal progressive Democrats are always the ones squawking that there's always an issue. There's always a crisis. But when it comes time to stepping up and being virtuous versus talking about being virtuous, they're not there. They're not the ones who donate. They're not the ones who help. They're not the ones who volunteer to do the tough shit. And I know that from experience. And that's why I'm saying it. But this is a very small national example of why that is true. So all of a sudden they're like, well, but it's, we can't, we don't have resources, but we expect uh, Yuma, Arizona, Uvalde, Texas, Florida to have the resources for, you know, let's take uh, Yuma, Arizona, well over a hundred thousand. So you can't handle 50 people and you got the hotels to do it, but you don't want to use your resources to do it, but you want Yuma to figure out how to get 150,000 people taken care of. And that's just, to me is like, okay, when you go vote, you understand what these people are trying to tell you is that, hey, there's a crisis going on, but we don't want to use our resources to deal with it. We want to use your taxpayers' resources. We want you guys to deal with the people. You, we want you guys to deal with the crisis while we're here 
vacationing in our safe safe space. So just remember that when you vote. But the thing that pissed me off is now they they like to categorize everything. It's like Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matters unless it's black on black crime. I just saw an article this week that Black Lives Matter is being sued by the Black Lives Matter. The the main organization is being sued by charters all over the United States for um, misuse of funds. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, they're finally, you know, all these all these small charters in these in these individual towns that that really were trying to help. They were trying to do something positive yeah. are now figuring out that the main mother company was really just a fucking scam. Yeah. And I'd be pissed, too, because this the Black Lives Matter movement reflects what the administration is doing is every time there's a crisis, they'll use the crisis to pad their pockets. But it's 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 this it's this hilarious thing. It's even it's even more elementary than that, because it's like. Let's take a thing that we're going to do and then we'll name it the exact opposite so that you can't argue with it. Right. Like black lives matter. So we're going to make this this movement. Black lives matter, because if you don't agree with black lives matter, then you don't think black lives matter. No, I don't agree with your fucking movement. You named it that. Yeah, I don't agree with what you're doing, but that's... I don't agree with where your money is going. But right. Like the the the, the uh, stop and in, in, in Inflation Act or whatever they just passed, right? Like oh, Inflation Reduction the Act. Inflationary oh, yeah. Reduction Act that is legitimately going to cause drastically more amounts of inflation, but we're going to call it the Inflationary Reduction Act. Like you can't. What the fuck is this? And this happens at a local level. Like I don't know if you've ever if you've ever um, noticed the wording of questions on a ballot when they put the the questions of you know whether we should spend some money on something in the state or whether you agree with something. The wording is always so manipulative that there's really only one way unless you unless you understand what's going on and know how they're trying to manipulate you. There's really only one way that you answer the goddamn thing because they word it so manipulatively like, oh, yeah, would would you agree with, you know, would you agree with spending money on humanitarian tasks? Well, yeah, duh. But what are you specifically talking about? Yeah, because that's not a that's not a real question, but they they really have a question that they're trying to ask. Yeah. But they know that if they manipulate the way that the words are on there, then they're going to get a majority of people who are a little less intelligent that are going to answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. But that's the way that the whole political system has been. And the Democrats are using it to the max right now. So, you know, and going back to so this event that I didn't tell you about is when they're labeling, you know, human trafficking for the 50 illegal immigrants that they gave smartphones to and drop them in the middle of, you know, God forbid Martha's Vineyard to have a rough time. And then all of a sudden they deport them out right away. Um, the last two weeks, um, I got a call and there was a local case of a gal that got trafficked and um, they were asking for my help. So I went in and talked to this gal. So she got kind of out of it, but she's kind of stuck into it because along with the human trafficking, is heavy, heavy, heavy drugs. Heavy. It goes hand in hand. And there's just so much money in between the two of them that a lot of these people that want to get out, they can't get out because basically they're so addicted. So they need serious treatment and they need to be basically evacuated out of that area. And this was the situation. Unfortunately, I can't give away a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. details at all on it. But, to, you know, I sat for an hour listening to stories from this gal that were just horrifying. And, you know, for political and for the, the mainstream media to all of a sudden tag that to what's happening on this small situation with the Santa's and Martha's Vineyard and all this 
immigration bullshit is crap. I mean, the amount of human trafficking and the webs that I was exposed to, and even when we talked to Rosie, that one podcast that well, doesn't I exist actually, right now. I actually been talking to her. We're gonna get her back on and do a little bit. We're gonna do a light version, L I T E version, right? Yeah. The version which, that we which can pisses leave me off. off why we even have to do a light version because agreed. This is a issue that is we're talking millions and millions of kids of women, you know, young women, little boys. And this is a crisis that's just basically being swept under the rug by the media and by politicians and just the the shit that I hear from this gal. I mean, it's not just the local drug pushers, the drug houses and the shit that's in our city in Madison. It's the politicians allowing this crap to happen and all this light on crime and that's where this is where yeah i mean i'm pissed off at uh, these democratic policies that you're light on crime you're allowing all this shit to happen underneath and trafficking is skyrocketed let's talk about the changes that illinois is making as of the first of the year have you seen this non um non-attainable offenses oh geez so starting yeah starting january first starting january first no cash bail and non-attainable offenses on some shit where you're like what like Robbery, second degree murder, kidnapping, like all of these things are non-attainable offenses. So you're literally going to get a ticket and you're not going to you're, you're not going to be kept anywhere. You're, you're going to be on your own until you end up in court, you know, for your actual trial. Yeah. How many of these people are going to stick around? Come on. Yeah. Well, that's California right now. So what are you going to do? And I mean, this is the guy that drove through the fucking parade yep. in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. It's right next door to us. So what's going to happen. But the thing is, if you don't, if there's no repercussions for anything, guess what? Crime is going to be rampant, but that's what they want. They create a crisis so they, they can come in and be like, oh, well, we need some more funding. Let's defund the police, but we're going to put more funding in this and we're just going to piggyback all this stuff underneath. So it's just, it's, it's shitty politics and hopefully people figure it out like in November 8th and then by 2024. So, but, um, you know, in talking about our subject for today, I look back at a, a quote that, that had, and basically the quote that I had in the last episode was society's single point of failure has been the loss of healthy respect for consequences. So lack of repercussion has enabled kids and adults to have overgrown egos, attitudes, and run their fucking mouths. Yeah, what's the, uh, what's the, oh, fuck, what is it? A a man, a civilized man is much more discourteous than a savage because he's not scared of getting his head split. I dealt with this last two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Just a, a complete twat. A complete and utter twat in a position of power that has no idea how to treat individuals that legitimately one day somebody is going to lose it and break his fucking nose. And th- uh, that person that does it will probably get fired. Yeah. But he's going to learn a lesson at some point in time, but he hasn't learned it yet. You'd hope so. I don't know. Because he's completely, you know, insulated. He can treat people like shit. People that know more than him. People that have been at the job longer than him. Completely. Just look at your face and treat you like shit. Well, because they know they can. Because he can. There's no repercussions. (laughs) 
the ego is an interesting thing. And, and guys, honestly, um, I went back and I listened to episode 33 again before we came into this one. And there's a, there's a little to rehash, but I, I, the only thing I could think of was when I'm listening to that entire episode is we can't do this episode better. That was a great podcast. It, it really, really was. And the depth in which we go into the ego and into the ego in a, from a stoic philosophy mindset, not just the egotist mindset. Um, we don't need to dig a lot further into that. Cause all we're going to be doing is repeating a lot of the stuff that we, that we already talked about. Yeah. Um, but the ego is not this, this, this dark matter that we, that we can't recognize the ego pops up every single day in every single one of us. It, it's there. Yeah. Like you need to be able to let go and you need to be able to respect it and you need to be able to look at it and go, I understand what you're saying here. I understand that you're, tr- that you think that you know something, right? I had this happen this week. We went and shot sporting clays and I haven't shot sporting clays in probably years. And I was in a group with guys that have never shot ever in their life. And they're giving out the instructions and the instructor is like, all right, has everybody done this? I'm like, yeah, I've done it once before. And he's like, so do you have any questions? And I'm like, I'll be fine. Right. Like I didn't think of it. I didn't think of any questions. I was like, I'll be fine. I'll pick, I'll, I'll remember how to do this shit. Right. Yeah. And we get out there and I legitimately had to start looking stuff up because I didn't fucking remember. Like I didn't remember the difference between a report pair and a, and a true pair. So the difference is, is because you have to push the button, right? A true pair is you hit the main button and both uh, clays get go off at the same time. Yeah. Whereas a report pair, you hit the first button, and then when you hear the shot from the gun, you hit the second button. And, like, just simple things like that. Like, not that I necessarily would have thought of that question ahead of time. Yeah. But just, like, just just being able to realize that my ego is the one saying, no, I'll be fine. But r- the real truth is, is, could you just kind of go over things again? Right? Like, that, yeah. that would have been a simple, like, it's been a while. Could you just give us the high spots? Yeah. Right. Because we ended up shooting the first five stations. We only shot two clays each. Then we get to station five and one of the guys is like, we're going to have a lot of extra rounds. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, we are. We're supposed to shoot four each. <laughs> so then we had to shoot six at the next four. Oh, just to get it just to, to, to make make the numbers. But like this, yeah. that was that was my ego. And that's not my ego. Like, I, you know. I'm this big badass trap shooter. That was my ego saying, I'll be fine. Yeah, I got no questions. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And that it's simple things like that is where the ego comes in. You know, it's it's the you can't learn everything if you think you know everything. Yeah. But that's why it's so important, like we talked about with kids, it's you gotta teach them their fundamentals and teach them that they have to consistently practice those fu- fundamentals for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I know from the last uh, one we talked about, uh, maybe it was a mix between our notes, but, you know, we talked about you got to train, 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 because it's a lifelong process. And it's like, um, what we just talked about is like, you can't, you can't live back in those lessons that's basically, you can't stay in those lessons from high school. You can't stay in those lessons from college. You went through those lessons, discard them, you know, now you can use those brain cells for something else. But you have to, you know, it's just like you got to shoot, move, and communicate. I think that's what we even had in one of the notes here is, you know, when you're when you're not deployed, you're always training. And that's the way that you keep your mindset and keep it humble. 
So always be the student, not the teacher. And I hit it earlier in this podcast, but another one that really helps to understand the ego is the the ego is concerned about the the being. The ego is concerned about being a carpenter, being a football player, being wealthy, being famous, being muscular, being fit, being it's worrying about the being, right? Whereas the lack of ego is concentrates on the doing. It concentrates on making stuff. Not I'm not an artist. I'm making, I am doing art. I'm not, I'm not fit. I am working out. I'm not famous. I am perfecting my craft. Yeah. I'm not a podcaster. I am trying to help as many people as I can. Right. And it's, it's when you have control of the ego, when you, when you can let go of the ego, you concentrate on perfecting the tasks at hand and imp- not even perfecting. There is, there is no perfection improving the tasks at hand. But the first step to that is being able to realize when you are completely bullshitting yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's a big one. I mean, even with health, you know, a lot of times we think that people that have egos are these people that are always flaunting. But a lot of times the people that are living in comfortability, I mean, that's where a lot of, you know, ego sets in is when you think that, well, okay, I'm just going to stay here because I just think I'm good enough. Boom. That's ego right there. It's not, I think a couple podcasts ago, so it's, it's don't think of less of yourself, but think of yourself less. I like that. And if there's a lot of people that, that I know that work so hard to be comfortable, yeah. Work so hard to make everything comfortable in their life. And what happens is as they get older, they think that this perch that they've created is higher than everybody else. And they're like, if, if it's not within my circle, if the way of thinking, if the way of uh, the way I do things and the way I, the, the brands that I buy, you know, there, it's funny, uh, gosh, a few months ago, somebody told me about dish soap. Like they buy this specific dish soap because it's the only dish soap that works. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. And this dish soap, <laughs> I got to use the name. This dish soap is Joy Dish Soap. Oh, so isn't that like the cheap shit? It's the cheap shit. But, you know, I literally, if you walk into a store and go, you know, because our stores in America, we have so many brands. Yes. If you were to take the bottle of Joy and flip that around, guess what? You take the Joy, you take the Dawn, you take the generic shit, and it's all sodium lauryl sulfate or propylene glycol, right? It's a degreaser. That's all it is. And then they just put the nice smells in there, package it up all beautiful for you. So there's really no advantage to buying Joy than to buying Dawn. So, Are you a soaker? What? If you got a hard pan, do you soak it? Are you a soaker? Uh, if I make a meatloaf and I forget to put like foil in it, I'm a soaker. So like, and I don't know if this is, if this is uh, a name for if it. this is an unconscious, if this is an unconscious idea of putting, of putting it off until the next day. But whenever I have a pan, that's like a little bit nasty. I'm like, I'll put some hot water and some Dawn in it and I'll take care of it tomorrow. Oh, Cause you don't want to put the elbow like, grease in and it. And my wife's like, I'll wash it. I'm like, or you let it soak and then it, washes out easy tomorrow and she would just rather have it done and i'm a soaker uh it all depends how what big of a pile i have in my sink but true 
But I do like to soak it because I'm like, well, then I don't have to like. It's so much easier. The daylights out of it, right? Yes. So, yeah, I think it's uh, you know, potato potato on that one. But comfortability, that's I'm talking about is is a lot of people always think that the the egomaniacs are the ones that are showing off, quote. But I think you really have to do some self evaluation because if you're busy creating this comfortability circle that you live in, and then you criticize other people for not conforming to that circle guess what you're just as bad as that person that's trying to show off on social media well and it's this if we think of ourselves if we think of ourselves as kind of this this island right like if we think of our body and our mind and everything as this island the ego is concerned with everything inside that border right if you like like if i look at you right now and i just took a pencil and i drew around you around your body like your ego is concerned with that just what's in there Whereas like just what's in there is nothing without everything that's out here. You know, you, you are not successful without the situations and the people that are around you and the ability to be successful doing something. You're not going to get stronger without pushing off of the floor or without pushing a weight or without running on the ground. The, 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 when, when you finally let go, and you finally silence the ego because you can't use the ego to control the ego. That's this weird. Alan Watts has this great seven minute talk. And it's it, the way that that man speaks is like, I have to listen to it four times because it's almost like it, it's almost cryptic the way that he talks. But when you actually listen to it and you start to develop the ideas in your head, you're like, oh, I see why he said it that way. But the idea is, is like, it's kind of like when you tell somebody don't look down, the first thing they're going to do is look down. Yeah. Right. When you tell someone to kill the ego, legitimately the only way to kill that ego is by cutting off the energy to that ego, which means realizing that you are successful because of everything around you. You are a human being because of everything around you. You are important because of the people that depend on you. You are you because of, the people that have come into your life and challenged you and helped you grow, you know, and, and I, and I had a, that was hard truth Thursday this week is like, I generally lean on the side of the Republicans because even though they completely ignore the fact that most of them were born on third base, right? Like yeah. a lot of them were born on third base. Yeah. They, they fucking ignore the shit out of that. No, you can do it. Yeah. Motherfucker. You were, you were born on third base. You can run home. There's a lot of people out here that were born six steps behind home plate and they still got to run around the whole fucking diamond. Oh yeah. But at least they're speaking from a place of you can do it, which is why I generally err on the side of a Republican than erring on the side of a Democrat, because 99% of the times the Democrat is telling you what is holding you back. Right. What's holding you back? What has victimized you? We can help you with your tax dollars, but we manage those tax. That's why while they're both fucked up, they're both assholes. I'll generally err on the other yeah, side. Lesser two evils. Yep. So, and for me, it's it's going back to even that. My thing is always about comfortability because I always hear people always attacking other people that are working on themselves and calling them egotistical when they themselves are. I'm like, sorry, but you're sitting in a conformist pile of shit, which is basically that's your ego, and the biggest lesson that I learned over the years, because I was scared of shit of heights. 
And I could have just been a person that just made an excuse saying, well, I can't jump out of that plane because well, I'm scared of heights. I can't go up in the skyscraper because I'm scared of heights. I can't, you know, repel from here because I'm scared of heights. I could have done that. Then uh, this buddy told me, he's like, you got to allow yourself to fail. Because if you're not willing to fail, then it's your ego getting in the way. Because then what? Are you afraid that you're going to look stupid? Or are you afraid that somebody's going to think less of you? Because your ego is so high that, you know, you're not willing to take these risks. Because if you never take these risks, you'll never understand or feel the successes. You'll never understand how exhilarating it is to pass through the clouds at, you know, X amount of feet up. So it's the ancient idea of the beginner's mind, having the beginner's mind, realizing that you don't know you're going to suck. Yeah. But you have to start with beginner's mind before you can get to mastermind. Yeah. And you don't just go from nothing to mastermind. It doesn't work. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'll ever attain mastermind, but while I'm on this journey, it's like I've experienced so many things that a lot of people probably won't experience in their life. But it was listening to that being able to say, Hey, I'm going to fail. It's like this winter. I'm, uh, I got a neighbor here as a firefighter. So we've been, you know, going out to eat and stuff and, you know, him and his wife are like, Hey, you know, what would make this more bearable since you're a surfer, make it more bearable in Wisconsin. I'm like, what? And they're like snowboarding. I'm like, in my mind, I'm going, Oh shit, I'm 50 years old. What if I like wipe out and I bust a limb or something? And also I'm like, wait, if I'm not a complete stupid idiot, I could probably mitigate this. Yeah, you're going to start slow. Yeah. And then Kenny's like, yeah, you just, you can start slow. You can sit on a bunny hill for three weeks and you're still, you understand how to go down a hill. And it's like, you're not going to go, you know, just make sure you don't go in the days where a lot of days in Wisconsin, the snow is like freaking hard as a rock. It's like, you're not going to get Colorado powder, but they still make snow on some of the great slopes that we have. So I said, you know, just, just mitigate it because he's older than I am. The biggest thing to understand with snowboarding, see, I grew up on a skateboard, so I'd jump on a snowboard and it was like, it was like nothing. Like it was super easy, but. Would it be like surfing though? I don't know. I've you never, can move I've, on I've a never surfboard. Surfed. That's the thing. I've never surfed. Yeah. I've never been strapped to a board sideways. The, and The biggest thing is it's not even the being strapped to it that gets you. It's the feel of your weight distribution from your front to your back and your toes to your heels. So that does not come from acknowledging it. That does not come from thinking about it. It does. It only comes from doing it. It it's only comes from learning. When I slowly lean my weight this way, this is what happens. If I go too far, I catch an edge and I fall flat on my fucking face. Oof. If I go backwards and I go too far backwards, I catch an edge and I fall flat on my ass. The yeah. only, and it's literally, it's the hours. It's the hours that you put in so that your neurons, your nerve connections in your body learn with your equilibrium how to lean and how to go. Once yeah. you learn that everything else is easy. That's good. But that's just time. It's yeah. literally just putting like we talked about. It's just putting in the reps. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you know what? I'm probably going to look like a complete fuck up. I should probably just like add to it and buy like these like eighties gaudy fluorescent color type. I'm not going to lie. I have, gear. I have bright yellow snow pants. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Bright yellow snowboard. pants. Oh, I was thinking like the, the hot pink and all the geometric yeah. shapes on yeah. there. And that's just, more of a skier thing though. It's not a snowboarder thing. Oh, it's not. No snowboarders were never like that. Cause snowboarding started with like the skating groups. Oh, well, the grinders. And so it was more of a, it was more of a super baggy, like, you know, everything hanging off giant clothes, you know, not wild colors, but some color, 
You know, oh, okay. that was that was kind of the original snowboarder gear. All right, I'm gonna have to bring something into it. Yeah. So, but I know I'm gonna fall. Yeah, I know I'm gonna fail. But you know what? It's it's part of life. Yeah. I think the last thing, the last thing to think of with the ego is, like you just said, you realize you're gonna fall. You realize you're gonna look dumb. The ego is the part of you that is concerned about what anyone else is going to think. So if you yeah. are, if you are the guy that's going to go to the snowboard hill, you're nervous to do it because you don't want to look stupid. That's the ego talking. That's the, that's the ego we need to, we need to completely cut off. We need to take it, realize it's there and then watch it dissipate. Right. It's like when fog goes up into the air and then it disappears. If you keep fog in a box, the fog will stay in a box. But the minute you let it out, it just dissipates. Yeah. And that's like yeah. the ego. It's that it's that worrying about what other people are thinking. And holy shit, is that such a problem in society today? Because everything that a majority of people do is like put out there to show people, right? It's the highlight reel. Yeah. Although there's some people I realize that I got a buddy that I swear he posts every seven minutes. The guy gets no hits, but it's like if I sit on the shitter and I'm like scrolling through, it's like, holy shit. Every seven minutes, it's like every thought that the dude has goes on a post. So, so my brother, my brother's best man. Um, I, I, it, It's an interesting scenario because the kid didn't really have any girlfriends in high school. Got out of high school. They both went in the reserves. He was getting close to being out of the reserves and then found this girl. And she's straight up Dependa material. I mean, 100% Dependa. Um, Well. And now he's a cop. And they have a baby. They're married. They have a baby. mm Mm-hmm. And my brother's like, I don't really know if she likes the kid or if the kid is literally just something to post about. Because it'll be like. It's her kid, right? It's her kid. Yep. Yep. But it's literally 15 posts before 10 a.m. Oh, really? Yeah. Just of the kid? Just of the kid. But completely oblivious to the fact that she's doing it. Like not even self-aware enough to realize that she's doing it. And I see so many people that it's like that that's the problem. Are you doing something because you enjoy it? Or are you doing something because you think it's going to get you recognition? Or uh, you're trying to get a dopamine fix? Right. The recognition is the dopamine fix, right? Like the recognition then causes the dopamine fix. Yeah. That was in that was in church sermon this morning. Damn. Church sermon. Wow. I could have dealt without the first 25 minutes. Singing. Singing, reading, but not elaborating. I just, if, if I could just, could you, could you like put a little thing on the screen, right? Cause we watch it from home. (laughs) Could you put a little thing on the screen when you're actually going to talk? Yeah. But I want to hear you sing. What? How'd you sing? From my house? Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I didn't sing from my house. Oh, Um, but then that, that middle 15 minutes where they're actually taking the verse and talking about its application sermon today, yeah. the sermon part of it. Yeah. That was great, but I don't need all the rest. 
I don't need the rest of the stuff. It's a, it's part of the traditional services. Yeah, that's fine. I don't need that. How they structure that. I'm not traditional. Clearly. Clearly. But you really do need to learn the singing worship part because it's just be cool. I don't think I do. <laughs> I could use that 20 minutes to meditate. Which I'm going to get more get benefit. Charismatic singing. Where I'm going to get more benefit from. Oh, the woman had a gorgeous voice. I, I, I enjoyed listening to her voice. It was great. Yeah. Some of the songs suck. I'm not going to lie. I don't Well, Depends on your style of church. Some of these, you know, more contemporary churches. It's like, you know, being in a rock concert. All right. That's fair. That's not this church. You just got to try it. That's all. Yeah, whatever. I know. But I'm I'm giving props. I'm giving props on the sermon part (laughs) of it because it was very applicable today. It was the, it was the, the, the dopamine dump. And I don't even remember which, what the name of the verse was, but it was the man working by himself, lonely, wondering what he's working for. It was the verse. Yeah. That's what the verse was about. Hmm. I have to look that up. But he was, you know, I work so hard. I have, you know, riches and why, why do I do this? Why do I have these? And he was even talking and, and, and the pastor is extremely hmm. exuberant. Like I, this guy sounds like Ecclesiastes. Maybe, familiar? maybe, um, this guy's like over the top with energy, like, holy shit. And he's a big man. So like surprising that he has that much energy. Yeah. But, um, he takes and he puts in, he's like, even if you replace the riches with the screen and the dopamine hit, that's almost more applicable today. Wow. It's like some people, he's like, some people do work for the riches and, and that is the problem. But for a lot of people, it's that, it's that dopamine and, and, yeah. the, and the screen. And, and I was like, oh, cause they don't have to is, work that hard for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Damn. And my only last point that I have is the uh, live with the mindset that there's always something to learn from everyone. So if you're always... Everyone. Absolutely everyone has something. Every every one, every situation, everything you encounter, there's a lesson. Even the the hardest, darkest things that you go through, there's a lesson. Yeah, it always brings me back to this picture of... uh, I know we talked about the only Hollywood actor that I really respect is Keanu Reeves. I mean, there's a couple other ones I respect, but Keanu Reeves, uh, there's this picture of him that just one day that he was sitting next to a homeless guy having a conversation. And to me, that always stuck in my head is like, you know, somebody that could have an ego and his whole life and his life story really reflects that is willing to sit and learn from somebody that is, is homeless. I mean, that's just a priceless, you know, picture and thought. I had a lot of respect for the, for the guy that played Black Panther. You know when he died? Yeah. Um, um, what's his name? Chadwick uh, Bosman or something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I listen, looking up his story, I had a lot of respect for him. Didn't, you know, didn't become a famous actor until he was, you know, late 30s. Yeah. Denzel, not Denzel. Was it Denzel Washington who helped him? Maybe. I think so. And then completely, you know, completely quiet, not an extravagant Hollywood guy, like did his parts, did yep. his acting, kept his family separate, kept quiet, and then comes down with cancer and yeah, died. Yeah. That was sad which is sad, but just the ability to not buy into the fame is, is a pretty, is a pretty respected thing because right. Like that's the temptation. That's, you know, that's what we hear Jordan Peterson talk about is the man who has no ability to be devilish is not righteous. The man who has the ability to, to be devilish and chooses not to be or dangerous and chooses not to be, he is the man that's righteous. Yeah. And that's where the temptation of fame, right? Like there's a bunch of, there's, there's, 
there's a hundred million fucking idiots on social media that have no fame, but are tempted by fame. So oh, when you yeah. see somebody, when you see somebody that has the fame and is not tempted by it or changed by it, pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. I was back to talk about our politicians. Oh God. Yeah. What Money the fact that we put any of those idiots on a fucking pedestal is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. I know. Absolute power but corrupts. Absolutely. Done. Yep. That is a rap. Hey, Bye, you're y'all. singing. Yep, that's my church voice. 